You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman. As always, I'm the host of this wonderful show. On today's podcast, we are continuing our player season recaps, season reviews, whatever you want to call them. Yesterday, Tony did a podcast on Edmund Sumner to kick us off. I will be doing Aaron Holiday today, and we'll have a Jeremy Lamb one on Friday. Thursday, Tony will have a show as well, talking about injuries impact on the season. How we're going to do this is a kind of a, a three-segment breakdown, essentially. So what, uh, what we'll do next segment is talk about the good and bad skills of the player, in this case, Aaron Holiday, what comes next to end the show. But we're going to start with Aaron Holiday stats and one word that describes his full season. And I think when it comes to the word choice, it is, maybe I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cheat and maybe use two, maybe it's a hyphen, mildly disappointing. I'm going to use a, use a hyphen there, but I'm not even sure that's actually how you would write that word. But mildly disappointing is the right way I would describe Aaron Holiday's season. Um, so he finished the season playing 66 games, uh, averaging 7.2 points, 1.9 assists, 1.3 rebounds. He shot 39% from the field, 368 from three and 81.9 from the line. Uh, he played a total, I think this is a big factor, total of 1,176 minutes, uh, started in eight games. This compares to a 2019-20 season where Aaron Holiday averaged 9.5 points per game on 3.4 assists, 2.4 rebounds. He played 25 minutes a game, a total. Same amount of games, he played 66 last year as well, but played a total of 1,600 minutes. He also shot a little better the field, 41.4%, and um Significantly better from three, 39.4%. Basically a 40% three-point shooter in his second season. And this year, it has been um, a mildly disappoint, mild disappointment. <laughs> now, there's definitely, there's definitely is two words. Um, I think the best way to look at his season is you can view it kind of as an arc, right? So he came into the season with, I think, some pretty high expectations. And high is maybe the, the not the best way to say that, but in expectations where you thought he could make a leap to be the, a rotation player for this team, right? I mean, I, whether it was playing, you know, last year by 25 minutes and starting the playoffs, and I thought looked okay in the playoffs. I mean, he wasn't perfect. He was playing at the two-guard spot, even though he really is the size of a point guard and really couldn't guard some of the heats. Um, you know, he wasn't, wasn't great at chasing around Duncan Robinson and guarding Gordon Drogic, for example, or Tyler Hero in last year's series. But I thought he could for sure work his way into being what's called the two guard next to McConnell, maybe even the starting point guard over McConnell. I mean, I think we had some of those tonight had some of those debates before this season started. Oh, should Aaron Holiday kind of will he become the sixth man off this for this team of bench point guard? And those never really really materialized, right? He he started off on a pretty pretty awful um let's call it first month. So you look at his first twenty games. Oops, I had his stats up and now I blew it. Um in his first twenty games, he had just uh four games and double figures. But overall, he was shooting 37% from the field and 31 from three, averaging just 6.7 points. The big thing for me, too, is a drop-off in assists. Right? For Aaron Holiday to become the the starting bench point guard, he had to get his assist numbers into the range of, of a TJ McConnell. Right? McConnell last year, I believe, put up closer to seven assists per game. I'm going to check, fact check that real quick. Um, and and Holiday never actually been that good. Right? He'd always been his peak was last season at 3.4. Um, but like the thought could he get to five. That was maybe like that was the the hope. McConnell this year put up six point six assists, so yeah, close to seven. He round up. Um and Aaron Hollis had never shown flashes of that. 
really to be like of being this like superb point guard but then he had he had a couple moments right so they went on his west coast road trip um where vic was actually traded in in the middle of it but it ended up being a game where vic didn't play because it was back-to-back against golden state holiday put up 16 points 12 assists he basically carried the team in that fourth quarter to that win i mean it was a couple other factors but he was a big part of what helped the pacers beat that warriors team on the road and second out of back-to-back and a game of desperately needed at the time it felt like you know, they lost that one. They lose all, basically all their road games or all their West Coast games. Of course, they ended up winning the next night too. But he was really good in that game. And then he kind of fell back down. He showed another flash real quick. I thought against Dallas, he played okay. Put him 13 points, shooting well. Um, but then it was just kind of an up and down slug. I mean, you would you would occasionally get these like, you know, pop games from where he would have like 18 or 20 points or whatnot. But mainly from the season, it was like he only could break in the rotation if there was an injury. And then he could show the occasional flash really offensively, like in terms of scoring power, but never could put together the kind of assist with that scoring. And was really more of like a two guard, but the height of a one guard, of point guard. So that was, in, you know, and he ended up playing some decent minutes um, towards the end of the year, but part of that was because of Brian's injury. Um, you had Sumner's injury for a little while as well. I mean, they just, he really like couldn't crack the rotation unless it was like a desperation move um, out of the coaching staff, right? It was basically, if they had to play him, they basically would, would play him but if they didn't they didn't want to play him and he faded away i mean late towards the year he really was stopped being in the rotation you know i don't you know part of that has to be because mcconnell had just such a great season and sort of just out outshined him and outshined really all expectation for mcconnell that year mcconnell i would have succumbed to season mcconnell's probably borderline with their backup point guard and you know now i'd say they probably couldn't can't afford to lose him in some ways this offseason um but yeah i mean it just wasn't it wasn't the expect. It wasn't as good as I thought it could be for Aaron Holiday. I, you know, I, he was. He's the twenty second pick. He showed some good flashes that first season, um, up and down also, but like some really good highs. Second season, I felt he kind of leveled up a little better, became a better three point shooter, especially had like a couple stretches in 2019-20. Um, I believe like in that kind of November range last year or two years ago. Now he had a really nice run where he like was putting up the every night and putting up five six assists and he was starting a point guard and he was really helping the team win games I man thinking back to our toronto game in 2019 they'll carry the pacers to an orlando game he hit a game winning shot in or game ceiling shot in um and he just never he didn't really have as many of the season right i think the thing about aaron holly was he'd always been streaky right always been you know he'd have five good games and then 10 bad games but could the highs be so good they could kind of um balance out the lows and this year instead of having you know five good games he'd had He'd have such maybe one good game or two good games in a row, and then he'd have twelve bad games. And it just there wasn't enough of those like highs to be really, you know, provide enough encouragement that he could build on this season and become like a rotation player, right? I mean, next year we'll talk about this later, but next year's a make or break year for him because it's the last year of his deal. Um, he could be on the Pacers or not. I'll, I'll give my thoughts on that later. But um, he needed, I thought, this year to show he could be like in the rotation, and then this four season could he be like borderline starter or a really quality bench player and then he'd be looking at a nice re-sign you know nice kind of contract and re-sign of the team and right now i think his future in the nba is sort of in doubt i mean i i don't think he's a guaranteed nba player the next two seasons next year he is but maybe not the season after that all right let's do this it's like one quick break i'm talking about um just some aaron hall's good and bad skills but first today's locked on pacers podcast is brought to you by Michelob ultra and our player of the week. I'm going to just kind of tweak this a little bit because there is no games right now. Instead of going with the player of the week, I'm going to go with a coach or person of the week. And I think Pacer-related coach of the week has got to be Nate McMillan. Riding high for a first-round playoff series. He's enjoying himself. You can tell out there he is coaching up that Hawks team to play at an incredible level. They won They won their first playoff, their first 
game in the second round series against the, the 76ers with a one seed. They could win two, maybe even three playoff runs this year. McMillan is enjoying himself. And just like you could enjoy Michelob Ultra, which is 95 calories and 2.6 carbs. Michelob Ultra believes that it isn't just about winning, but it's about enjoying yourself in the game because that's what the game is about. And McMillan, for me, has got to be enjoying himself and enjoying basketball right now. He is at the pinnacle of his coaching career. Enjoy Michelob Ultra today. Two points is carbs and 95 calories. And we are also brought to you by our wonderful friends over at Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for the sports fan. The app is free to download and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I host Locker Rooms every week, or me and Tony do on the Locked On Pacers podcast. This week I'll be doing one. I'm not sure the day yet, but it'll be. Um, we'll see if there's some news this week, and we'll hop on probably this weekend. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join a competition about the NBA. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and, of course, reaction to the big news rumors. You can, you can wonder why I'm waiting to do this week's Locker Room because we'll see if there's some big news or rumors. Uh, you have a chance to chat with me, of course, or any of our unlocked on hosts or all kinds of other people on Locker Room. And right now you can download it for free. For all iOS devices, and be sure to create a profile and link with your Twitter. And you can join this channel group. There's NHL, NBA, NFL. Get the latest updates. You can follow me at Locked On Pages on it because you don't want to miss on, in on the action. Like I said, I'm playing to Locker Room sometime this week. to so check back our uh, on our Twitter feed at Locked On Pages for that. We can't wait to hear from you. Locker Room is changing the way we talk about sports. Get the Locker Room app today. So I think if there's one thing Aaron Holiday does well, it's scoring flashes. He has the ability to score 20-plus points in, a, in, a, in 20 minutes, in 20 minutes of play, which is pretty impressive. I mean, right? So, like, you look at this season. He put up 22 points playing 22 minutes against Minnesota in April. Next night, he put up 20 against Orlando in 23 minutes. I mean, he has the ability to score a decent amount of points in a short period of time. Part of that is because he can shoot well from three, right? In both those games, he shot a combined 10 of 14 from three. I believe gets you, like, well, it's five out of seven. Gets you somewhere in the, like... 70% range, which is really impressive. I mean, he's, he, had, he had 18 points against San Antonio in 22 minutes. He he has his ability to score really fast, really quickly, and can kind of um, propel a bench unit, right? That was what made him so good two seasons ago, was he was basically him, along with Justin Holiday and with Devin Dermott, and Sabonis and McConnell had this unit where they could just take like a close, a, like a tie game, let's say, and propel them to a Pacers to a 10 or 15 point lead because of the bench, or they could be down by 10 and tie the game back up. Like they had this ability, and Aaron Holiday was a key piece of that because he shot well from three. This season, three point shot was not falling at the same rate, although it wasn't like miserable. I mean, he did shoot, you know, 36%, um, close to 37% from three, so it wasn't like, you know, like bottom basement falling off. He's definitely, and you know, he's probably more like a 37% three point shooter than, than the 40% he was last year. But that's the key for him. I mean, that's what he needs to do. Probably, I mean, that's always going to stay in a rotation is if he can become a 40% consistent three-point shooter. Look at his brother, right? I think you look at Aaron Holiday or Justin Holiday stats, and it's a great way to kind of fit in the league. Right? Justin Holiday shot 38 from three this year, 40 last year, um, and it's wide. In my, you know, he's really elevated himself into like a position where he's going to be a rotation player for the next two seasons for the Pacers, right? I think coming into last year, right, he signed with the Pacers, not Justin Holiday did, without a... Um, like guarantee he was going to play big minutes. He was like a you know a last minute contract. Well now Justin Holiday is a guaranteed NBA player the next two seasons just because he's been so good from three and he's got the versatility on the defensive end. It's Aaron Holiday has to build himself into. I mean he's got to get better at passing at the same time, right? His brother Justin is six six. Aaron Holiday's barely six. Feet. I mean he's barely above six feet. Those you know if and do I expect him to do that next season? 
I don't know. I mean, I, we, I'm so confounded by Aaron Holiday, frankly, after this season that I thought for sure he was going to kind of elevate his game and he just took like a bunch of steps backward this year. But he's got to work on being like a consistently consistent 40% three-point shooter because that is probably the only way he ends up at least staying in rotation where he, when he's not, like, unless he has some other, you know, point guard skills that can carry him because he show like he showed him flashes of being an okay passer, but he's not like an always willing passer, and he's a very aggressive offensive player. So, I, you know, he's probably better off being being the two guard on the roster. I mean, that's that's pretty obvious with his Pacer team, right? He plays much better off the ball, off McConnell, off Brogdon, than actually being the, the dominant point guard at his height. That, that's tough. I mean, if he was his brother's height, he could easily do. That. I mean, I think the. The worst thing for Aaron Holiday is he just got the short stick of the of of the hygiene in his family, right? Justin Holiday or uh, Drew Holiday six three, Justin six six, and he's six feet. You know, he's just a little bit taller. He'd be a really good player because he has he he does have some good defensive instincts, but he gets bullied because of his size, right? I mean, you know, he. I think the first thing when he started playing with the Pacers a couple years ago that caught me was his ability to like read blocks and the chase down block because he's got pretty good wingspan and he got the ability and has pretty good timing and stuff like that. But he, you know, he doesn't have the height. He, to me, he he has some of the like Victor Oladipo passing lane cutoff ability, kind of you know deflecting balls kind of ability, but he just doesn't have the extra wingspan that Vic had. Right, Vic is six four again, Aaron Holiday is six feet. That's the big thing with Holiday. Is I think he's limited by his size where he has to then be you know overcompensate or exceed expectations or in other areas of the game to really fight his way on the court i mean mcconnell's a great example mcconnell's a very small nba player and has been borderline nba player for years but has managed to stick around the league and has earned minutes because he is a pain in the ass on defense mcconnell is full court press he'll do that and he is really 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 good at setting guys up for a guy who can't really shoot mcconnell has a really good job of you know, diving into the lane and finding McDermott in the corner, running dribble handoffs, running whatever it is he can, he can he can orchestrate the offense. Where Aaron, where Aaron Holiday doesn't really have that right now. The thing I want to see from Holiday, I mean, if Holiday could be a forty percent plus three point shooter, he doesn't need to do that. He can play two guard then, and he can play in bench units because you don't necessarily have. The thing about being on the bench is like you need size, but you don't always need that, a ton of size off your bench. And the Pacers have tall, taller guards, right? They've got you know. Brogdon's 6'5", Warren's 6'6", Levert is, I think, also 6'5", 6'6". So, theoretically, you can get away, if Aaron Holiday can shoot so well from three, you can get away playing him and throwing him on, you know, the, uh, if he plays, you know, a, let's say an, an end-of-game minutes, where because he's still a good three-point shooter if he's shooting well from three, they can get away with throwing him on the t- other team's worst defender and because they've got Brogdon's size to guard the two or the three. And he could play off the ball on the offensive end, but also play kind of the point guard on the defensive end. He's got... he. He could theoretically do that, but he's got to shoot better from three. He's got to have a better decision-making on offense. He's got to understand when he when he's supposed to shoot and when he's not. And I think that's the biggest issue is that sometimes he just takes shots when maybe he shouldn't be taking shots, and he should be f- hunting for the efficient shot, not just the open shot. Um, and that's a big difference. I mean, it's hard because they switched coach from McMillan was a big take the open shot. McMillan was go down, you have the shot, shoot it. That's why he loved Thaddeus Young shooting those 15-foot two-point shots. The Pacers lived lived in the mid range. Milan was successful in the regular season, but under Bjorkren it was kind of the opposite, right? And with Holiday, I think it kind of it it almost went too far with Holiday, right? I think Holiday isn't as efficient of a scorer as some of the other guys I just named, right? Even like like a Thaddeus Young or Oladipo or or even a Miles Turner from the mid range, he's not quite on that level. And he and Holiday especially hunts the deep threes and just take an open deep three, which is not really what's 
very efficient at times. So if he can put those things together, I mean, then he can become a rotation player. But right now, I'm I'm not certain. I mean, if I had to pick like one thing, if he could just next year shoot three threes a game and make him at a 40% clip, he'll probably keep himself in the NBA. Not sure with the Pacers, but in the NBA, that's what I'm talking about next, is his future with the Pacers and where what happens next year with him. But first, today's Locked On Pacers podcast is brought to you by Theragun. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body. Whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me who is definitely not, just trying to make it through the day tension-free, Theragun can help with. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power, and as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using everyday life. There's no substitute for the Theragun 4. The OLED screen and design make you feel like you're holding something from the future. Just go to their site, check it out, and Theragun app learns from your behaviors and suggests guided routines. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid, elite athletes like PG, DeAndre Hopkins, Marie Sharapova, and hundreds of thousands of customers, and me. Try Theragun for 30 days starting at $190. Go to theragun.com slash locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, right now get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on, theragun.com slash locked on. Today's Locked On Pacers podcast is also brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to place all your sports action. The baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action on BetOnline. Get the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NHL, NBA, and, of course, UFC and MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline.ig on your laptop mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses and contest information. I like future bets. I would look at look at the future bet of the Hawks winning the East. I would look at a future bet of the Suns winning the West. Those are two teams I think have a really good shot at winning their conferences. Oddly enough, I just injury luck could break the Hawks' way. So don't sell the signs anymore. Go to betonline.ig right now. Your promo code locked on L O C K E D O N. Get a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ig promo code locked on. Betonline.ig your online sports book experts. All right, so where does Aaron Holiday go from here? I would put it at 50-50 still on the Pacers roster next season. I think he easily could be part of any trade, whether it's just salary filler or you just try to clear space to be under the tax. Should he be on the Pacers team next year? I'm somewhere in the middle on it. I mean, I think if he's if he's not, I might like distraught about it, although I am concerned that if he goes somewhere else, all of a sudden he'll have this great renaissance and the Pacers be kicking themselves and that does concern me for sure but overall yeah I think I think I put the odds of 50 50 at him being on the Pacers next year and that's because he wasn't that good this year and he didn't like prove himself rotation caliber and he makes enough money where you could like I said use his contract in a multi, you know multiplayer trade or it could affect the luxury tax Pacers definitely want to be under um, for him he needs to you know be a better three-point shooter and a, a better passer. And that's asking a lot of a guy who in three seasons hasn't consistently shown he can do that. Do I think he could be that someday? For sure. I I will always say that Aaron Holiday, if given the right opportunity, can prove himself and be a decent NBA player because I've seen it. You know, you've seen it times where he's just shown flashes where this guy could be a guy who scores 15 points for you guys for a team off the bench. I mean, he has that that potential. It's just whether he can get all, all to work together. And maybe the Pacers isn't the right organization for him. I think there's a good chance that he's better off going somewhere where he can just 
shoot through his woes and play a decent amount of minutes and develop some more. You know, he's on the older side of rookies, right? He was drafted, I believe, after three years of college. So he's he's heading into his 25-year-old season. So, I mean, this is a make-or-break moment for him. If he doesn't prove himself next season, he will probably be playing in a... He'll probably either be sitting the 12th or 13th guy on a bench, or he'll be playing somewhere else, like in Europe, if it reopens, or China. Um, he He's a good NBA player. I mean, he, he has the potential to be a good NBA player, and he probably will... For for a long time, can sit as a twelfth guy on a bench. I think, I you know, I don't I don't think I don't think we run out of the league that quickly. Uh, it might take two seasons, but definitely next year's make or break on whether he has the potential to be a rotation M- NBA player for someone. Um, and I think the Pacers, depending on you know what's out there and what move they have to make, he's not indispensable. You know, do I think they should try to keep him? Probably. I mean, it doesn't hurt to have a guy who's has the has that kind of potential doesn't make that much money and. I think, I don't know, could put it together probably next season, especially if things are healthier with the Pacers roster and he's playing in that. Because he was very successful, Aaron Holiday was, with that bench unit two years ago. Could they get that unit back together? Maybe, a lot, you know, Mary McConnell, I mean, during both trades, that could screw that up too. But if they can get that kind of um, core back and maybe get a better coach in here, it could help him a little bit. But I wouldn't be surprised if he's not on the team. I wouldn't be surprised if he's not if he is on the team next year. He's not on the team after that. I just don't think he's shown enough to deserve it. And it's 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 another one of those not great picks by uh, Pritchard right now. I mean, it, it could turn around to be one. I, I who knows? You can't you know we're only three seasons into his career, but at this at this point right now, it looks like he's Pritchard's missed again on his first round pick. And I think that's a tough. It's tough to trade two first you know both your first ones in back to back years, right? They traded Leaf last year and they did, they did Holiday again. It basically, made it you just didn't have two years of good drafts. And that's hard to do as a GM. That's hard for the team to do. And it's sort of some of the reasons the Pacers have some of the problems they're having right now is they just haven't even hit on draft picks to be rotation players, right? They've had to keep going and signing guys and spending money on rotation guys because they don't even have guys in there from, from the draft where they can like just play. They're, I mean, you know, O'Shea's may, might kind of fill that gap, hopefully. And we're seeing Sumner kind of do that too. So there's some, they are figuring out a little bit, but like it'd be nice if one of Holiday or Leaf became a, like a solid rotation player. But that's wishful thinking. We'll see what happens with Aaron Holiday. I, I, I'm open to kind of all avenues for him coming, heading in this offseason. We'll have to just wait and see. As always, you can follow this podcast at Locked on Pacers. My co-host Tony's at Teased NBA. Me at Freedom Adam 5. We will bring you, like I said, some more player reviews this week. I think Jeremy Lamb and then Tony Michelle on the injury impacts. And maybe we'll have some coaching news this week. If we do, check out this podcast. We'll have all the latest news for you um, when something does happen. So, That's all for his Locked On Pictures podcast, and we'll see you guys again.